I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. President Biden and the United States of America once again took to center stage on the world stage. At the United Nations today, President Biden addressed world leaders at the U.N. General Assembly. His focus, of course, was trying to move things forward. The question is, did he move the ball? Is he stuck? And how do you move forward? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. As we've been discussing uh, throughout the day today, President Biden spoke to the U.N. General Assembly today uh, in the midst of a uh, fairly skeptical, pretty passive crowd, as is often the case at the U.N. The president tried to lay out uh, some of the things that have happened. He tried to turn the page from Afghanistan and the wind down of the war there. And the question is, is did he meet the moment? Did the speech have enough in it to really move the needle? And where does the world go Next, and what is the United States' role in it as uh, things begin to progress forward? So, I want to go through the speech. Uh, as I've mentioned throughout the day today, I was pulling for the president today. I wanted him to really deliver a passionate speech, a leadership speech to the rest of the world that would clearly delineate where America is, where it is going next. And was a little disappointed on a number of fronts. I think the speech was poorly crafted by his team and staff. Uh, And I also have to wonder whether or not they actually gave the president enough time with the speech. He didn't seem to own it. He didn't seem to be in control of it. Uh, And the teleprompter kind of drove things. uh, And at times he was just reading rather rapidly, almost as if he was trying to race to the end uh, to get on with it. And so it was a really bit of a a missed moment, I think, uh, for President Biden. There were some important things in there. President Biden began by saying we're at an inflection point in history. Simply put, we stand, in my view, at an inflection point in history. And I'm here today to share with you how the United States intends to work with partners and allies to answer these questions and the commitment of my new administration to help lead the world toward a more peaceful, prosperous future for all people. An important point for the president in terms of trying to to turn the page, although many of the listeners in the room, many of those uh, from other nations, uh, are a little hesitant in terms of how the U.S. will work with partners and allies around the world. We're going to come back to that in segment number two today to break that down in terms of what is really going on with France and Germany and others in Europe in particular Uh, who have become very skeptical of the United States and the policies of the Biden administration and the inclusion of the administration. The president pointed out he's willing to work with all uh, who are willing to work for freedom. And some in the international community are saying, but you didn't include us. You didn't consult 
And so I think that was an area where I think the president could have been a little bit stronger. The president went on to explain that uh, our success and the freedom uh, for the United States and for our allies is really interconnected. Is the fundamental truth of the 21st century within each of our countries and as a global community that our own success is bound up in others succeeding as well. To deliver for our own people must also engage deeply with the rest of the world. To ensure that our own future, we must work together with other partners, our partners toward a shared future. Our security, our prosperity, and our very freedoms are interconnected, in my view, as never before. And so, I believe we must work together as never before. I think it's an important message from the president, and again, one that is falling on very skeptical ears. I mentioned Germany, France, uh, Israel now is going to have some questions, I think, for the administration. Just within the last half hour, Democrats have announced that as they go to the floor today to take a vote on raising the debt ceiling and funding the government, uh, I think until uh, November, that the progressives in the House of Representatives have yanked uh, $1 billion of U.S. funding for the Israeli missile uh, defense, the Iron Dome, uh, which, of course, protects uh, civilians uh, from rocket attacks. And uh, again, interesting, Israel's going to have questions, I think, for the Biden administration of are we really working together? Uh, Are we really interconnected, uh, as you said in the speech? And so that's going to be a question for the coming days. President Biden uh, did make very clear that military force, the U.S. military force in particular, will be used only as a last result. U.S. military power must be our tool of last resort, not our first. It should not be used as an answer to every problem we see around the world. Indeed, today, many of our greatest concerns cannot be solved or even addressed through the force of arms. Now, I will say one of the points of the president's speech that I think was most important and probably overlooked was this idea that the the president said that, hey, we're going to compete for sure, uh, but we're not after another Cold War. And you've heard me say this before on this show. I think the leadership skill for the 21st century is how do you deal with allies and alliances? Uh, There are people we have to compete against. Uh, Obviously, we're going to compete against Russia and China on a host of issues from human rights uh, to intellectual property uh, and those kind of things. And yet we need them as allies in dealing with places like Iraq and North Korea. And so I did like the way the president approached this in terms of, hey, we will compete. We're not looking for a Cold War. We're going to compete. We're going to look at allies and alliances, maybe in a little different way. The United States remains committed to preventing Iran Iran from gaining a nuclear weapon. We're working with the P5 plus one to engage Iran diplomatically and to seek a return to JCPOA. We're prepared to return to full compliance if Iran does the same. Similarly, we seek serious and sustained diplomacy to pursue the complete denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. And the president went on to discuss uh, how the U.S. will approach that 
proliferation of nuclear weapons in places like Iran and North Korea. He said this. And as the United States seeks to rally the world to action, we will lead not just with the example of our power, but God willing with the power of our example. And so the president did lay out there in terms of uh, what needs to happen, where the U.S. will play and won't play. Uh, And I think all of that is a, a real critical conversation. And again, in the context of what is going on around the world and where some people have questioned the president in terms of saying, hey, he was going to be different from his predecessor in terms of an America first policy. And many have begun to question that even in the early days of the administration, that it seems that the Biden administration is acting without really consulting with critical allies on core issues, whether that's a withdrawal from forces in Afghanistan, whether that was the submarine deal with Australia. Uh, So there seems to be some confusion and some uh, misunderstandings, I think, in terms of how we're going to approach things coming out of this administration. Uh, And there's much more, I think, that was in the speech and, of course, the reaction from world leaders and from nations that are our friends and allies uh, that has to have the administration a little bit worried, a little bit hesitant. It felt like the president was in a little bit of a defensive crouch uh, going into this speech at the U.N. We're going to break down what it means for the rest of the world as we stay with the conversation just a little bit longer here on Inside Sources. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.